Hello, welcome to another episode of Andrew's Amazing Podcast. I'm on your host, James Santana. As always, enter my illustrious sidekick, Hunter Van Lero. Superman! I, I couldn't <laughs> think of anything clever to say in regards we to We are brought to you by about. Andrew's Amazing Comics Down Safe in New York. Now let's do something. I was going to be like, oh, my Jimmy Olsen, but you're not my Jimmy Olsen. Nah, Jimmy Olsen's black in this one. I can't be Jimmy. Which is crazy, right? <laughs> it's just interesting. Like, I don't really care too much for the ginger side thing. Not in regards to, oh, because I don't like the gingers. I just, uh, t- whatever, dude. Like, you change the race of a character, you change the race of a character. As long as it doesn't change the character itself, you know what I mean? Then I don't really care. Yeah, exactly. And I was going to get into that when we got to the episode. That's why I was like, oh, wait, and not do the pun now. I'll wait till Rock later and roll. On That's and, a little we'll teaser. A but yeah, guys, we will be talking about Superman. My adventure is Superman. Yes. Um, we'll be talking about that show. It's currently on HBO Max. Um, so check all that out there. Uh, but yes, yeah, something to this show with some news. Uh, sorry, I have to open my notes. No, it's on my phone. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, we have the Monarch Legacy of Monsters trailer dropping from Apple TV. The full trailer drops starring, uh, Kurt Russell and his son. I don't know if I have his son's name. Wyatt Russell. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, and they're playing they the same guy? playing the same character. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're playing the same character, which is really cool. It covers the 50 years of Monarch, from the founding of Monarch till present day, uh, which also covers Skull yeah, it Island. it ties into the and, movies, too. Yeah, it, um, it definitely covers Skull Island, because John Goodman's in the show. Yeah, there's a tra- in the trailer, you see John Goodman having a little voice recording, which I thought was really cool. That looks awesome. Oh, yeah, I'm all for this monsterverse. Even though the movies aren't amazing... They're all stupid, fun Godzilla nonsense, so I'm all for interconnectivity. Oh, dude, I can't wait. Are you going to get the Power, the power Rangers? Oh, my God. The uh, Just League uh, Kong book? Godzilla book? Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely picking that one up. Because it's Monsterverse. It's canon, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's that canon, but it's Warner, so you never know. <laughs> exactly. How much money they can make on that book? Dude, imagine if we get a Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Gal Gadot versus King Kong and Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the, the Star Games universe. Like, yeah, that, that that's the um, that's like the Elseworlds movie we get. <laughs> yeah, no, the trailer looks amazing. Yeah, man, I'm hyped for it. Apple TV, um, it may not have a lot of the best shows, but it's got a lot of good um, quality to their shows. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I was talking to someone at work about this. Apple TV doesn't have... You're right. It doesn't have a lot of content. But some of the stuff that it does have, it's really good. Like, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my God. Savant has been on there for, like, forever. Oh, what's that alternate history one that's the... Um, the Russian... Uh, uh, the Cold War race to the moon. Oh, my God. Um, either way, that was on there. I watched that. I, for, for all mankind, for all mankind. Um, 
I watched that. Oh, but it's like, okay. it's they also much have the Foundation, Schmigadoon, Blackbird, and the Tetris Oh, they Schmigadoo! Yes, they do! Schmigadoo's so good! Schmigadoo's wild. I love that. I love the show. But it's, it's just a weird, rare, like, streaming service to have. Yeah, I only got it because it came, uh, I got six months free when I got PlayStation 5, so then I started checking out some of the content, and then I just let the subscription keep going. It's only like six bucks a month, I think, but it's got decent content on there that I, you know, watch. They have the uh, Platonic with Seth Rogen, which is really good. No, like, I don't know. It's just cool. I swear, it's again. This is the only reason why I really want Apple TV again. Is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the MonsterVerse is definitely a big draw. So we'll move on from that because not that much crazy news. We'll jump into. Um, oh, there we go. Uh, this is from last week. I don't know how far this has gotten in talk, so this has changed a little bit. So originally last week, game developers uh, were were debating whether or not to join the SAG after strike. Uh, clearly, they, that didn't happen last week, um, and currently the strike is still ongoing. Um, but on top of that, CEOs have met in secret, quote unquote secret, um, to figure out ways to end the strike fast, uh, faster because they realize it's going to be affecting their pockets. So no duh. Um, and I'm kind of glad we didn't get the, the video game developer strike because then you guys have nothing to do besides, you know, play, you know, Baldur's Gate forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Baldur's Gate for the next six months. And Starfield. Starfield came out as well. So that's the next step. I'm finishing up Baldur's Gate now. I still have, like, two more big bosses and probably, like, some secret thing that I don't know of. And then it's Starfield time. Let's go. That's awesome. Yeah, man, I, I'm be gaming. <laughs> you need something to kill the time when there's no content coming out. Mm-hmm. Either way, that didn't happen, so thank God. Um, we'll jump to our Invincible news. Finally, we have a te- another teaser, of course, for Invincible that came out uh, early this week. Uh, with the season two date of November 4th, finally have a date. Uh, which means we'll probably be doing a spoiler cast sometime in December, I think? Sometime around there. I still have to watch the Adam Eve special. That's easy, though. I don't have Amazon Prime yet. I usually wait for Invincible, and then I binge-watch all the shows in a month. (laughs) Just get Amazon Prime. It's fine. I'll catch up on the boys. I'll watch Adam Eve. Yeah, but eh, I gotta talk to the wife about it. It's like $100. It's, It's a little... Yeah, but then if you're paying her just for the month to have it... It's not just for two TV shows and a special. <laughs> yeah, pay for it just for the month. But if we're going to invest in more Amazon Prime like ordering, since I do live farther away from like stores now, not like Walmart and Target, but I live farther away from like collectible stores, I might have to take advantage of Amazon That's when true. looking for back issues, like not back issues, for looking for like older trades that the stores don't have. Yeah, it's the only way to do it. Yeah, because usually I go to all three stores every week that were in my area, but now that they're so far away, I have to only go to, like, one of them to save gas, so I go to the one that has the most books, and then if they don't have anything I'm looking for, then I gotta do what I gotta do. Oof, that's rough. 
Man, it's still great stuff, though. I go over to um, Heroes Aren't Hard to Find. They actually run a convention. Um, I believe it's in the Charlotte Center or it's in Raleigh. I forget exactly where it's located, but they have it every year. So it's cool that they have um, a convention and a comic book store like tied together. That's cool. Hey, maybe you can get the team up, meet up over there. So books. Oh <laughs> yeah, I think he. Yeah, I think he's going to the um, the Raleigh one. So we'll see. I'll talk to him more about it when I start tabling. Yeah. We can have we can table together. It'll be very cool. There you go. Uh, we have a correction from last week or two weeks ago where we were like, "Oh, Valiant's over." Um, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes and no. We knew Valiant wasn't dead, dead, and I think we even said that someone's going to come in and scoop him up. And we were right, but instead of it being Marvel or DC or Image, it was the book company that bought them, yeah. <laughs> which makes sense. But I figured they would license out their properties to get some money back from the buy. But I think that they have their own idea. And James, you probably know more about it on the retailer side, or yeah. at least on like the from the retailer circles. What are your what, what are your, where's your head at with okay, this? Okay, so like I was telling you, saying two weeks ago, the DMC or whatever the company is that owns Valiant, they licensed mm-hmm. Valiant to a new public, like a smaller publisher to produce the books, Aliens books or Alien Farm books, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. In turn, all of a sudden, all the orders were canceled for Valiant, um, which was just XO Man of War Conquered mm-hmm. number three and four, uh, and Ninjak uh, Super Killers. Um, and all of a sudden, uh, everyone's like, oh, well, that means Valiant's gone, and blah, blah, blah. And we were talking about this two weeks ago. And then the other half of that was Alien mm-hmm. Fallen's books were canceled. And the Kickstarter that was for Eternal... Because uh, Valiant did a Kickstarter for Eternal Little Warrior something. Yeah, it was, the, it was like the graphic novel that was supposed to come out a few months ago. They were going to put it out on uh, Kickstarter or Indiegogo or whatever, or Zoop. Just to get that. Yeah, it, was, out it there. was on Kickstarter. It was, yeah, it was definitely on Kickstarter. It was definitely on Kickstarter. I remember um, mm-hmm. it being on. Not it being on there. It was in the article I was reading and referencing. Um, they turn around. Mm-hmm. All of it's canceled. Everything's kind of in the wind. Uh, retailers all get their orders canceled and shuffled around. Uh, we have to explain to customers that hey, your valiant orders are all canceled, and then all of a sudden, the following Wednesday, the Wednesday we aired the episode, um, starting in December, there's going to be a one-shot book called The Valiants, which is a soft reboot relaunch of the Valiant universe, uh, and plus Alien Farms. All books were all also resolicited for January, December, and January. Um, we'll probably find out more at New York Comic Con. Only because that's the next big uh, period for announcements for comics. Besides, like the yeah, the, plus around October <laughs> that'll be the three mo- that'll be the three month mark for January or February solicits. Yeah, so that we should be getting more news regarding the Valiant stuff because we were talking about it last week or the week before or whatever, or even off mic about Valiant needing a fresh start, and this could be something where they launch the Valiants and then they do like a one-shot for every character or they do a series for every character. You can make them separate. You can make them interconnected. You can do whatever. But we just needed something fresh. Absolutely. There needed to be something. And we were talking about this. And me and you have talked about this um, a trillion times off mic. We talk about Valiant like every other month. (laughs) Yeah, well... The big thing was, like, I, I do, and I'll say from the retailer side, that Valiant was actually great at customer service. They would call us and say, oh, hey, how, they would ask us questions. 
you know, about how to better sell their product and, and, and they would ask for ideas about what they can do to improve and every kind of call ended with, hey, maybe you guys should restart your universe from scratch to give it a bigger one size fits all like launch. So everyone kind of is on the same page. Um, not having, okay, Super Ninjas is tested to this book, to Ninjak, but this, not this version of Ninjak, but the three runs earlier version of Ninjak, like, you know, EXO kind of was spinning its own wheels, you could only tell Space Iron Man, you know, so many different ways if you don't. Yeah, they should get somebody like Fred Levent, who's, who's written a bunch of the Valiant stuff before, or, um, Dwayne's, I'm gonna butcher their last name, Dwayne Sismeskum, the guy who did, um... Bloodshot, or you call it, you get Colin Bunn, or you even get like John Hickman, for example. You pull in some you're universe really builder. Really X-Men. <laughs> no, no, no. Really I'm currently reading X Men, but I'm not saying that that's a great universe builder. But I'm saying you get a universe builder, whether it's even Josh Williamson who's doing DC architecture. You just need some architect of the Valiant universe that doesn't have like stakes to the company. If that makes any sense, you need somebody who's just like for hire. <laughs> No, you do. You're right. You're 100 percent right, and and you've said it the best way. You need an architect, someone that can look at this and go, "This is what we're going to do." He, that person doesn't have to do all the books. You don't want that person to be like also a writer on like half your books either. But you do need someone that's strictly in charge of how this part of your company is going to run, especially in a market that's super saturated in comic books, but also. Like you're going, you're you're writing and creating a superhero universe that's going to be competing against Marvel and DC, and that's super hard to do, no matter who you mm-hmm. are. Yeah, no, I agree. Sorry, cool. I, didn't, I, was just, <laughs> I didn't know if you had. No, no, I was like interrupt you just in case you had like a flow going. No, no, that was it. I was like, why, why is he answering? It was good. Um. <laughs> but no, like that's really what it is. Uh, you do need an architect, and you're 100 right. The word architect is the best term for this. Um, you don't need someone like Joshua Williamson who's writing like two thirds of. No, of I was just using examples of architects who are currently in. Media, oh, of course, in media in comics right now. Yeah, you could even get Tynion or uh, Tynion or um, Snyder. Anybody who's dealt with big schedules and big concepts needs to come back in like give us 2012 valiant again where everything was like separate but had a connecting plot line to drive to for all the books that would eventually meet up in an event which was either like some geomancer thing or divinity or whatever ninjack versus or ninja k i'm not gonna get yelled at (laughs) well yeah but again you're right though they definitely need someone um well, yeah, they're launching it as Valiance. Um, right now, it looks like all your big, the, the pretty much the team that we've talked about the entire time. It's EXO, Bloodshot, Archer and Armstrong, Eternal Warriors, Faith, all their kind of known brands on the cover. Whether that's the, the people that will be the focus on the book, who knows? Again, we're so far out. I think probably at the end of this month, we'll find out more. Um, so we'll get the solicits uh, for that. And then in October, the opening, because the following week or two weeks after that is, the, is NYCC. So we'll probably get definitely get news there. So who knows? I'm kind yeah, of excited to see what they're going to do. We'll get the solicits for January. It's going to be nuts. Yeah, I'm kind of excited to see what they're doing. 
Oh, same. I remember Valiant. I we I I mean I know specifically. I talk about it all the time. Like Valiant, I used to go to the comic book store and be like, "Oh, Valiant's going. Here we go." Like, what's going on? Like, they were in my brain. I was like, their universe is in competition with Marvel and DC. You were wrong. No, I meant continuity wise. Like, they're trying to keep everything in a structured continuity rather than just doing like fifty million stories that don't co- like connect. That's true. You want to move on to the next bit of news? Going back to our second story, because of the the, the ongoing strikes, Marvel has shifted around their schedule, um, pushing things super far back. Loki's still coming out on time. Echo is... I think Echo's also still uh, coming out on time, right? Echo's still supposed to drop, but Ironheart got removed from the schedule entirely. So did Daredevil. Yeah, so did Daredevil. It was postponed indefinitely, but Daredevil was a show that they've put a lot of time and effort into, so I think they're going to be fine once the strike is over, once they pay everybody and get all the actors set up. Yeah. I think Daredevil, if anything's going to get cut, it's not going to be Daredevil. No, 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 no. Daredevil has, like, Daredevil is the saving grace of Marvel TV. Like, if they don't release Daredevil, the MCU TV is going to die, besides Loki. And even that, Loki, well, Loki has been done. That's the only reason why that's still releasing on time. No, I mean, like, continuing to do Marvel TV as it is now, where it's a little oversaturated. They'll probably, if if they fully cancel Daredevil for some reason, they'll only keep whatever they have made, whatever they're in production of, because they're not going to waste time and money, regardless of whatever the editing shut down. They're, maybe they're in the middle of recording an episode and then it strikes. But they're going to keep doing Loki, because Loki's the most popular character. They'll keep doing What If. And they'll yeah. probably keep doing I Am Group because those are easy to make. They're not easy to make animation-wise. I mean, like, you don't got to get everybody's act- – all the actors to line up their schedules and come back and, and all that nonsense. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, but because of the shifts again yeah. – so Loki's coming out normal. Um, Echo's pushed back a little bit. What if it's in December now? Um, X-Men 97 got moved from December to January to, – to February of next year. January, they February also, next year. So last – Two weeks ago, they said that they were th- th- there was some leaker going around saying that the show was actually made based off the two D models, but s- put those models on the three D sculpts that were in What If. Oh, that's cool. That was the original rumor, and people were not too happy about it. So apparently, the reason why this show is postponed, besides the strikes, of course, is because they heard people complaining from the leaks based off of the three D modeling, which I wouldn't be too upset about they said based off the leaks that they actually looked much better than the what if models but people want that classic x-men style so they said they're actually going to go back to the drawing board quite literally and try to do a a either better blend that makes them look a little bit more animated or just go straight up classic but with modern lines that's that's fine i mean i've seen i just want it to come out i'm fine with whatever they do really (laughs) yeah well Bob Iger and all of them have come out and said, oh, well, they're doing this, one, because it helps declutter the MCU uh, and Disney+, Plus, uh, keeping everyone kind of like, oh, there's something at least once a month for you to stay and, and react to and, and enjoy, which is true if you do it this way. Um, yeah, Marvel and Star Wars should always have something coming out every week. Skip a, Skip two weeks and then have another few weeks coming out. Like, you have enough content that you're making besides all the strike delays now, but you have enough content going based off of what you're trying to build that you can have consistent TV 
and movies come out where it's like you have Ahsoka and then you have a Star Wars movie, then you have Skeleton Crew, then you have a Star Wars movie, then you have Mandalorian, then you have a Star Wars. You can do that. Yeah. Maybe not a Star Wars movie, but something Star whether it's a Lego special, whether it's Clone Wars or Bad Batch or whatever. Yeah. You just need something consistent. Yeah, you do, kind of, but like also, the, but we sorry, we know that's not true. What they're saying, like why they're saying it, like we know the reason why they're scattering out um, the content is because they they, they well, need they're going to start they were getting out. yelled at by everybody because they were oversaturating the markets, and then yeah. they weren't having enough time to make the shows not garbage. Well, I wouldn't say garbage, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, that's right. But also, they have. Yeah, to, I like all the shows, but <laughs> but now they're going to have to fill the gap though of time because they, when you're not making content, you don't necessarily have to. Remember when we only got three Marvel movies a year? Well, no, I know that as a as a fan, and I know that 100. Like, m- movies are different than TV shows. The problem is because you have to mm-hmm. give something to to justify your streaming service that you have people paying for, and there's zero content coming out. It's going to be ridiculous. They drop, mm-hmm. People start dropping their stock. They're going to lose so much well, I mean, money. You have, the, you have the Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars movies that come out in theaters, and then a few months later they get dropped. Then you have the making ofs, and you have the animated shows from Disney yeah, TV. That on, so you have some form of media, but you do need original, original content rather yeah, than but just even without, even without that. Even without that, the problem ends up being you don't have anything after, I think they said by... I think February or January of uh, next year, there will be no new content coming out because of the strike. They haven't been filming or making anything. Well, they haven't been making anything for the last they eight months. They have a back burner and they have stuff that they could fit. Like some things are probably just like, oh, we should do the voices. Like Bad well, Bad no. Or something. It's, it, it's not that easy. I was talking to Bill. I was talking to Bill Poor um, about it. And he's like, yeah, no, it's in a complete standstill. They haven't made content so much so that Warner Brothers, in a stupid way, said that they saved over $1.8 million over the last eight months. But the problem was, like, yeah, you told your shareholders that, but that's because you weren't making, you weren't spending that money on making content. So you had an extra million dollars to do nothing. You're not making anything, you know? So the problem is we're going to hit a lull where there is no new content coming out at all because they have to make content. Um, and Which, it's I mean, all fine. I don't care. They, they did it to themselves, really. Oh, they did. 100%. Yeah, so they'll, they'll suffer the consequences of that by either losing massive amounts of – but besides money, they're going to lose massive amounts of subscribers because they're going to have a lack of content or – if they want to make up the revenue or make up the content, they're going to put out stuff that's not great, and then people are going to leave because the quality's not there anymore. 100%. 100%. You know. They really back themselves into a corner because they don't want to pay uh, people money or residuals for content they worked on and put their likenesses towards. It's really cool to see. <laughs> yeah, this is this – is, With, this Without is... actors and writers, you cannot do anything, so they need to stop being stupid and figure it out. Because it was different when the writers were just on strike and the actors weren't. So at least you were making content. You just mm-hmm. couldn't rewrite or create new stuff. You just couldn't rewrite other stuff. So your actors can still act. Whatever. But then when you don't have mm-hmm. actors or writers, what are you doing? Yeah, you're literally just standing like, there with your thumb up. Like, Man, we gotta figure out how we can't pay these guys. 
It's like, just yeah. fucking pay him, dude. 100%. What else are you going to do? You're going to get new guys? Those guys aren't going to be as good, or the, and they'll be considered scabs when everything else is back to normal, so those people are going to get shunned out and blacklisted by the proper people. Yeah. So Hollywood needs to just stop. Bob Iger was like, it's unrealistic what they're asking for. Dude, you make like a million dollars a day at Disney World. You need to shut up. I know. He gave himself like a fucking super raise the other like last month. And it's like, what are you told what are you doing? Instead of giving yourself a million dollar raise, throw friggin throw four like quarters of that at movies. Here's two hundred fifty thousand dollars, here's two hundred fifty like get extra budget for extra pay or anything they have to reanimate or anything they have to redo or you know, whatever. Some people are just greedy assholes. <laughs> no, it is. It's a hundred percent. It's just getting a little out of hand. It is because we're, we're. I think someone said I forgot how many days we're into this now. I'm like, you're just killing yourself. It's been months. Oh my god. Think about it like this: we did, um, what was it? Uh, what episode number was it? One ninety four was the black market narrative episode, I think, and that was what. Besides taking a week off every so often, that was still like more than ten episodes ago. So that's like at least two months. Like it's nuts. That's ridiculous. And before we even started filming it, they, they were already in. Like the writer, it was just the writers, I believe, that were in strike. Yeah, I remember uh, Higgins or, or Parrot was saying something that, um, oh yeah, the, the actors are thinking about getting in on it too. And I was like, that's good. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't know if we said wild. it on mic, but we said it when we were talking, maybe off still. Yeah. Man, Sorry, it's been going on for a little. Too, it's, been fine. it's been going on for a little too long. Oh, I'm sad. It's, it's getting like honestly ridiculous at this point. But with that, um, Agatha uh, went from Agatha something to covering chaos is now Agatha Darkhold Diaries, which sounds like a Sex and the City spinoff. It, it was originally called Agatha House of Harkness, which I liked because of alliteration, and then they changed it to Coven of Chaos, which I liked because of alliteration. And now it's Darkhold Diaries, which I like because of alliteration. But my favorite <laughs> is still House of Harkness. Even it though is... that would more so dictate the show being an Agatha-specific show, it seems more so that now with the introduction of uh, – not Billy. Is it Teddy? Teddy. Uh, no, you no, mean no. Billy. Yeah, okay. I was right. It was Billy. Okay. With the introduction of a more adult or older teenager Billy or whatever from the kid from Heartstopper um, – w- Calling, changing it from House of Harkness being centered on Agatha and her family to Coven of Chaos, which is just witches in general, with Agatha being the lead, made more sense. But now changing it to the Darkhold Diaries means that they're refocusing their efforts on the Scarlet Witch narrative of the Darkhold, and either they're going to try to weave in some WandaVision-connected universe, or they're just going to do something similar to the Book of Boba Fett, where they could change it to like the Book of, you know, with Agatha Dark. Darkhold Diaries, it could be Wiccan Darkhold Diaries or Wanda Darkhold Diaries if you want to go further into that. I mean, it's cool. Having it's it just, set up with a more anthological tone. It's fine. Like, we'll see what happens. I just think it's dumb that they've changed the name three times already. It's a little ridiculous. I don't know why they can't just call it Agatha at this point. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just I mean, whatever. Whatever. Whatever sounds better to the narrative they're trying to craft. If it is going to be more centered on the Darkhold, then sure. Whatever. Go wild. 
I mean, they all they had to do was just keep the original we name. Need... Yeah, we. I mean, House of Harkness. Like I said, if it's Solon Agatha, then it's a little fine. But Coven of Chaos covered more witch coven nonsense. But um, I think they either need to just slow down on their production because Wandavision was 2019 or something, right? 2021, maybe something like that. Uh, no. It was 2019, right? 2019. Yeah. So that was so long ago. And now we're finally getting the follow-up. The the Agatha show was announced like a month after the show finished. And I understand things take time and there's so much scheduling to be involved with all this stuff. But you have to sit there and think like, why couldn't we have just gotten this instead of blank? I know. You know, why can't they just continue a narrative instead of introducing so much stuff? And I understand you need to keep your content fresh. Maybe people didn't like WandaVision and they like Loki. Maybe they didn't like Loki, but they like Moon Knight, which is totally fine. But you could have easily introduced those characters in movies or TV shows later after you finish the story you were telling. Because we talk about it all the time where we they, they have too many open threads. They have too many stories going that don't get follow-ups fast enough for us to remember what the fuck's going on. It's true. Honestly, the fastest turnaround right now is Kamala because she her she had a show last year and now she's showing up in a movie. That's it's the true. fastest turnaround we've ever gotten. We're, we're we have no idea where Shang Chi showing up. Yeah, he and neither does Simu. <laughs> <laughs> he he was doing interviews for Barbie and he's like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. He's like, it's there. He's like, we're definitely doing it. <laughs> he's like, I just don't know what. And then of course, the strikes. So. Yeah, well, it's still, and that's even worse. Oh, exactly. It's going to be worse. But let's talk about movies that we know are coming out, but no one gives a rat's ass about. Aquaman 2. Hey, I give a rat's ass. So the, anyway. the Aquaman teaser trailer dropped on Sunday or Monday today, indicating that they're in four days, Thursday, as of episode drop tomorrow. Uh, we're getting the full trailer for Aquaman. The teaser trailer looks like Aquaman 1. Like, it's got the same feel. So if you liked Aquaman 1, I feel like Aquaman 2 is going to be pretty good for you. But if you didn't like Aquaman 1, also, I feel like you're going to hate this. Dude, like, honestly, there's so many, like, articles and, like... I, I, I didn't mean to cut you off about the you hyping it up. I think you're the only one that gives a rat's ass about this trailer. No, I mean my my dad likes a lot of the Snyderverse content that's still coming out. But the biggest thing that came out like uh, two days before the teaser trailer dropped, uh, there was rumor going around that they lost the Aquaman movie itself. <laughs> that they lost whatever file it was and they couldn't find it. They couldn't find the Aquaman movie, the final cut of it. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. But obviously releasing this trailer makes me think that they figured it out and they found it. Also, it's on like probably five million thumb drives. What is wrong with them? <laughs> like, Well, that's how – that's what happened. I think it was with Toy Story. They almost lost the entirety of the first Toy Story. Movie. Toy but then Story. again, that was back in 90s. So, <laughs> Yeah, when you lost on a floppy disk, you couldn't find it. Yeah. Yeah, but this could be something very similar where it was saved on, like, like one editor's computer had it saved. Because, you know, they're redoing everything at Disney. It's entirely possible that the head editor was just like, yeah, I got it. Whatever. I hope the movie comes out. I hope the movie's fine. It doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to either continue storylines that were that we had and are going forward with or close everything off official, officially. Because he's the last layover character. Because Blue Beetle 
kind of draws the line where it's like, yeah, they reference Batman as a fascist or whatever um, George Lopez says, but like it could be any Batman. They didn't say the one that looks like Ben Affleck or the one that looks like George Clooney. So I think we're fine with that, especially because the Flash brought back every character except for Henry Cavill, even though he was in that weird CGI cameo. So I think that Aquaman could just be like the last bit before they get the new stuff, whether or not Jason Momoa returns as Aquaman or Lobo or whatever. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine with Blue Beetle being a fresh start. Oh, Perfect yeah. launch. Me too. It's the Iron Man of the DCU. <laughs> it's it about is. a tech guy that flies around in two different colors. <laughs> it sounds good. Sorry, I'm setting up for the next part of the episode because I was looking mm. at something. And because they cast a car- uh, an actor, I was like, okay, good. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. I just don't... Again, the I think the lack of hype is because it is the last bit of the Snyderverse, and I think there's a real big divide between fans about the Snyderverse and giving rats ass about the Snyderverse, and you wanting just to get to James Gunn stuff now, or is this going to be like, oh, well, because of, and also it's because it's of this movie itself being mired in controversy over the Amber Heard stuff. Um, what happens there when you have a movie that was already kind of regulated to be really good? Because the first Aquaman movie is okay. I don't, I've never seen it. Um, You've never seen see the first Aquaman movie, dude? It's not great. I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of it. It's okay. Yeah, it's a it's a little bit too campy and cheesy for me at points. Sure. Um, it's just like moments like I don't need like uh I don't need like a scene from Little Mermaid being played here. Like all you needed was a Jamaican crab and women fine. But, um, you're talking about the fucking like big the big like music number. Uh, it's not a music not number. Course. The fucking big octopus plays war music to start the fight. Get the fuck out of here with this fucking... Go watch the movie. Like, get out of here, dude. <laughs> Go watch it again in preparation. It's not a fucking Little Mermaid movie. It's fine. I also watch Little Mermaid on Disney+. Plus. The same thing. It is on Disney+. Plus. Apparently it's doing numbers on Disney+. Plus. So no one wants to see it in theaters. Yeah, because people were like, what the fuck? There's also, that movie... I, and I, I will say this forever. I don't think Disney should make live-action movie remakes of anything they, they make. I think it's stupid. <laughs> you got the best. I personally don't care, but I think it's dumb at the same time. Yeah, that's what, and that's what it is. It's more of it's like it's unnecessary. You have the best version. It was animated. That's the best version. You can't make it better. Like you didn't need a live a quote unquote live action remake of Lion King. They were all CGI lions. It's not like they were real lions. <laughs> Yeah, that that one was a little egregious in comparison. But, like, I mean, I understand the ones that came out in, like, the 50s. Like, Snow White came out in 1943. We're finally... And, and yeah, we got Snow White and the Huntsman or whatever with Kristen Stewart. But we're getting a... I mean, and I know that the Snow White movie is a very bad example because the Snow White movie said they're not doing the Seven Dwarves. And they said they're making Snow White more of a badass where the princess won't kiss her to wake her up. Because she doesn't need a man saving her. And I was like, all right, you guys are going a little too far. <laughs> like, yeah. But that is a movie that has an example of it's so fucking old that it needs 
some modern day representation. You're changing it a little too much, but for like for example, like Pinocchio, the movie is basically just cookie cutter the same, except they change up the the, the scene where they go to like Bad Boy Island or whatever. Paradise Island. Yeah, and sure, Bad Boy the Island. movie is considered <laughs> Bad Boy Island. The movie is considered garbage, and I saw it. It's fine. It's definitely Pinocchio for a modern audience with Tom Hanks in it. But did it need to be remade? Not at all. But it came out in like the '30s, so mm, yeah, it's it's hard to be like. But Lion King, for example, doesn't need a live action remake. It was all like, sure, maybe do a, a remaster of it where you touch up some of the lines and make it widescreen, but like, like a 4K version. But like, I don't know, man. Kids these days want to see animated content. Why are you trying to make everything live action? Oh, they're dumb. It's Disney. It's because of the MCU, 100%. That's all it is. They just want more. Well, the live action. Like, thing... We can make money. Well, it's also cheaper for them to make the, the movies a lot. What I mean by cheaper, I mean they don't have to come up with like, a concept. It's there. They're just pulling an old concept out and going, make this live action. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like they have to pay someone to really write the script. They're like, well, Walt and them did it back in the day. We'll just pay them again. Or their estates, because they're all mm-hmm. dead at this point. And go, yeah. let's remaster it a little bit and go forward. Let's jump into animation that matters. <laughs> Um, before you jump into it, before we go see it, go watch the Aquaman 2 tra- I will watch the Aquaman 2 trailer, because we'll be talking about it next week anyway on the podcast as a reaction, and I'll mm. let you know. But I will be seeing it. Who, uh, I'm, just, I'm just not hyped about the movie. No, that's fair. So let's get into the cool DC stuff that DC seems to excel in, which is animation. Um, yeah, man. And this didn't prove that. Like, this show definitely needs. This, this show definitely was like the. What I was talking to someone about this at work. Even my wife caught like a reference at another. I'll bring it up when we talk about characters later on. Um, mm-hmm. Like this could be the start if they really want to do to do a whole like. Not I don't want to say universe. Don't don't get me wrong when I say universe. Um, but you can do another spin-out show, at least one spin-out show from this. You don't even have to do necessarily a spin-out. You could do what the Batman did back in 2000-whatever, where season one was like Batman's origin story. Season two can be like the building of his rogues gallery proper. And then season three could be Batman's introduced. Or the finale of season two could be called World's Finest, where to defeat Brainiac and Zod, or whatever, spoilers, to defeat Brainiac and Zod... They need the help of Batman and Wonder Woman, and then that leads into season three with the formation of a Justice League with Clark being like twenty five now because he's twenty two in the beginning of the show. Yeah, dude. And yes, so spoilers alert for everything that we're talking about. We're talking about talking about My Adventures with Superman, which is on HBO Max now. All ten episodes are on there now to watch. It also aired nightly on Adult Swim on Thursday nights at or Friday mornings at midnight. Um. So yeah, it's awesome. It's a very anime-heavy inspired TV show. Um, yeah, it's great. And since we're going full spoilers, I love this show. This is, dude, I just think, one of my... It, dude, 100%. But it doesn't step on the toes of something like Superman the Anime series. Mm. Like, it's not trying it's to be Superman. It, <laughs> it does, yeah. Um, it's just trying not... It doesn't try to be... Superman the anime series at all. It just it's its own thing. 
it's just so good. Like, um, so let's break down things like we normally do at the beginning. We'll jump. We'll go from there. I'm just super excited to talk about this because I'm like, God, it's so good. So my original Superman uh, aired on, like I said, Adult Swim on July 7th. Um, produced by Warner Brothers Animation and DC Entertainment. Um, it stars, it's 10 episodes for season one. It's already confirmed. We talked about this on the podcast a while back when they first announced it, that there is a season two, um, uh, coming up. It stars Jack Quaid, um, Huey from The Boys as Clark Kent slash Superman, Alice Lee as, um, Lois Lane, and, uh, Ishmael, uh, Sadiq as Jimmy Olsen. Um, first thing you'll recognize when you watch the show. Yeah. 100%. Um, one of the first things you'll realize when you watch the show is that both, uh, Lois and Jimmy have been race changed. Uh, Lois, you really can't tell. You can kind of tell. Um, but, uh, Jimmy is definitely 100% different. He's Black now, as as no, they did that in the Supergirl show, so it's not too, you know. Well, whatever. Yeah. I mean, hold on. There. Um, it's not. It's whatever that Jimmy's black. I don't care. I like Jimmy Olsen. That's Jimmy Olsen. I like the, the dynamic. As long as Jimmy Olsen them. feels uh, like Jimmy Olsen, then I don't care. Exactly. He's not and this one BBS. definitely does. I mean, they added a little bit more conspiracy theory to him, but it kind of played into the Superman, who's who's Clark, who's Superman kind of backstory to it, even though it gets revealed Jimmy was was well aware. But, um, like, it, the heart of Jimmy Olsen is still there, so people can't really complain too much. No. Like, for example, Zack Snyder cast this comedian guy as, like, a funny actor man as Jimmy Olsen in, what was it? Batman v Superman, and yep. I was like, "Oh, this guy's gonna kill it! This guy's awesome!" And then he shows up, and he's playing a serious version of Jimmy Olsen, who's a CIA agent, and they get shot in the face. So that yeah. one, for example, like sure, he's a white guy, but he's an egregious casting, not because of the actor, but because of the choice of casting that they not. I wouldn't say casting; I keep saying casting. The choice of direction that they chose to put Jimmy Olsen in. This is Jimmy Olsen, hundred percent. Dude, it's so good. Um, the show, <laughs> which is a throwback. Is because... Flamebird a reference to anything? Okay, I was yes. going to say. Thank you. Uh, Flamebird is a reference to Nightwing and Flamebird, uh, two Kryptonian heroes in which they were identities that Jimmy and Clark took when they were stranded on Krypton for a little bit in the Silver Age. Um, also, ah, Night... yeah, that's where Night... yeah, Superman gives Nightwing that name. Yes, that's cool. and uh, mm. Betty Kane, Kate Kane's uh, niece has the same name. She's Flamebird in the comics. Oh, very cool. So yes, there's a million Easter eggs in this freaking show. Oh, dude, Bibbo shows up as one of the guys that texts Jimmy Olsen about Superman's location. Uh, Lori um, Luminous also. Mixelpidolic. Yeah, the Mixelpidolic episode. Oh my god. Uh, there's, a Lana, there's a Lana Lang reference. It looks like Lana Lang is also black, which is another ginger side thing, which I think is a little funny. <laughs> Dude, like it, there's a little black girl in one of the photos with Clark, and I was like, "That's got to be Lana," because who other what other friend does Clark have when he's a kid? Yeah. So I was like, "That's funny that they they got rid of both the gingers," and I was like, "That's such a it's such a throwaway." I don't care, person. Like I said, it is what it is. I, maybe it's because I'm not ginger, but I just think is especially because Lana's a non sequitur in the show. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. 
but there's just a lot of Easter eggs and references in this dude. He has Alexander and Mandy. Those are pretty cool. <laughs> dude, of everyone I talked to about the episode, like you're the only person to get that Lex reference. Like everyone didn't know Alexander. Dude, was his Lex. name is fucking Alex, and he works in tech. If if you don't get that reference, and he has red hair. not a real fan. Well, because <laughs> a lot of people were probably expecting some bald nerd kid, but dude, he starts off with hair in the comic books, and he loses it all thanks to Superman. I think. Somewhere in the middle of season two, this Lex character, this Alex character, will lose his hair and go crazy and go get more pissed off than he already is. And then in season three, he'll be the big bad guy because the big bad guy of season two seemingly is Zod and Brainiac. Yeah, we know it's it's confirmed that's Brainiac. Uh, it's not even confirmed that's Brainiac. I mean, they hired an actor for, but we know the symbol for Brainiac. Yeah, Michael Emerson. Yeah. yeah, and we know like it's Zod because it's like he said. Kneel before me. I'm like, yeah, no, duh. I will make them kneel. And it's like, all right, buddy, relax. We, we like, know. <laughs> it's not. Um, My biggest complaint with the show, I'm going to start off with this because it's the only one I have. I mean, okay, I have two complaints, but one of them isn't right. big. One of them is it feels too much like anime in regards to how quick some of the pacing is in some of the episodes. Yes, I agree with like, you. Like, they just jump dialogue and go, okay, we're here. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, this is a little quick. But I get I, it. It's 22 I, minutes. Sure, it's fine. I do agree My with you. My biggest complaint oh. with the show is while I understand Clark is figuring out his backstory, my biggest complaint is they we never know what Jor-El is saying, and then he sacrifices himself. So now we'll never know until Zod tells Superman or till he finds the Fortress of Solitude or whatever. And then and, and, and Kellex comes out and gives him all the knowledge that he could have gotten from his techno father. But sure, I understand the fa- like Jor-El sacrificed himself to save Clark's home. Sure, I understand it. You don't got to tell me about it. Not you specifically. I'm talking about the general no. you. Like, I understand. But Did just you- make him speak. Like, when he's in the bubble they can understand Kryptonian. You know what I mean? Like, just, just, eh, he's a computer. <laughs> Why can't he so, understand? That's just me. Did you, did you watch it with closed captioning on? Or no? <laughs> no. Okay. So, I had a separate, because my wife had, always has a TV set for closed captioning. A lot of times because, like. Is he speaking backwards or something? No, he's speaking Kryptonian, but they translate it into yeah, English. Oh, they translate it through the tech, through the, um, and subtitles that's cool yeah so if you have it's still annoying because clark doesn't know yeah well it's more impact I, I wish they just did it on the screen um without you having to use yeah. closed captioning because what happens is it adds like this layer where he's trying to explain to his son everything that's going on like bits and pieces when he is mm-hmm. talking and clark's um, like i don't understand you right <laughs> are you and a bad then, guy don't hurt yeah. my friends and he's like but dude i'm your dad adds, <laughs> but it adds this layer where like oh no he really is trying to help you and he just doesn't understand like he's upset he can't help you in the ways you can understand mm-hmm. and it's cool to yeah, see which that. Is great. it's cool to see that um, but again, that's obviously portrayed after the first encounter because the first encounter yeah. you're supposed to be shocked. But uh, we, we, comic book fans know it's Jor-El. But it's just like yeah. I love how when it, it, he gets to show you his origin and he's like, wait, is that my mother? Did you take me from my mother? Wait, you're my dad? I'm like, dude, relax. I'm like, let him get the, let, let him show you the vision. 
It's the anime thing. I it's love... very Clark, though. He's 22. It's anime, too. He, like, Jack Quaid does a great job with the voice. And oh I feel God, like yeah. they have the... They understand Superman, and, and he's just a good guy. Period. The, like, the, the, the leagues decided, of Lois are like, um, not all Supermans are good guys. But I'm like, dude, this guy is like... Jack Quaid, he's got this. He's, he's the, the best boy. Yeah. Um, he's the dependable Clark. <laughs> yeah, the director cited Superman the movie, the first one, and he cited um, I forgot what comic. Oh, I think the Jeff Johns run on Superman as like runs that he like of stuff that he took as inspiration for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, which you can see, Clark. This isn't like a gritty retake of Clark, or uh, it's still super action, you know. But Clark's is a dude. Like, he's a 22-year-old something with a dumbass roommate, you know, trying to... Yeah, they've like, been roommates since college, then they moved out to Metropolis together. His roommate wants to go on Bigfoot hunts. <laughs> Dude, I love Jimmy and uh, uh, and Clark's relationship in this. Because it's funny, because they're like... So the episode where he gets super hearing for the first time. Oh, yeah, that was a good episode. That was probably the best episode. Because it just goes to, like, dumb. show you, like, what Superman, like, goes through. And then Jimmy's sitting there, like, a million followers? Yeah, you know what, Superman? You keep doing what you gotta do. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, uh, have you slept? No. Me? Slept? No? I can hear a cat. <laughs> oh, no, the line, I think the best, I, and I watched this episode twice. Because the line I died at goes, Jimmy, I can hear the problem. I can hear everybody. And they all have problems. <laughs> Yeah, that was a really good line. <laughs> they all have problems. It was so good. Yeah, I think this show gets Clark a lot because a lot of TV shows, because Clark's real character development is is real tough to to come by in comic books because yeah, Superman is always the guy. He's always the I can win any fight, you know, albeit. You know, yeah. some brainiac or doomsday fights he loses, but he can win everything. He's the strongest guy. He's the coolest guy. He's the nicest guy. And some TV shows do a good job of portraying that. The animated TV show did a pretty good job, but they didn't show him struggle as much as Clark, as opposed to this show, where this show is like, he's like, I just want to be normal. I just want to fit in. Why can't I be normal? And I'm like, bro, it's okay. Relax. And that's the whole thing. I, I, but but you're right though. The problem is with the problem is with comics, and and I'll get to the other stuff in a second. But the big part is the problem with the comics is that we're so far removed from the early days of Superman that no one wants to see that. And the every retelling in other media um, that retells it, whether it's Smallville, this uh, or the Smallville movies. was probably the other was the other best version of kind of yes what we could have now. Yes, because it's the early days of Clark without the kind of fluff and filler. I mean, it's Smallville. Smallville ran for 10 years. But, like... Yeah, and then it had a bunch of spinoffs, like, con- comic well, they did comic wise, books, so it, like, still continued. <laughs> they did yeah. Green Lantern and Booster Gold and Blue Beetle and Doomsday. They did a lot. <laughs> well, Blue Beetle, and, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold were on the show, which Yeah, I know. Great. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, they did a lot of stuff in that show that wasn't yeah. just tied to Superman's origins, where this one, yes, expands a little bit with Mixelpidalic and... And some of the flashes, Rogues Gallery, like Heatwave. But it's still cool that we get kind of the baseline, like Livewire, Amazotech, Lex Luthor, kind of. I also. Task Force X with Chris Parnell, by the way, as Slade Wilson. Interesting cast choice. Oh my god, it's awesome, though. Oh yeah, he's he's dope in this. I mean, it sucks that he doesn't talk after the second time he appears. He's always just like a grunt. 
But yeah, you know, you got to pay people, so <laughs> I get it. Well, Chris he Parnell talks in the episode uh, Zero Day. Yeah, he talks in um, Zero Day. No, he does. He doesn't. He doesn't. He grunts in Zero Day, in um, because he gets hit in the face with the lightning, and he goes ah. But that's it. He only talks in the second or third episode. The first one he's introduced, and then the one where he's in his Deathstroke suit for the first time. Those are the only two episodes he talks in. Otherwise, oh, he's just in the show in the background doing stuff. I which is fine. I understand not every character talks. Slate isn't very talky. No, but you're right. Yeah. You know. But no, like, like this. So with this, I think they've managed to cap they capture like the earliest Superman very well. Um. I also like that they're all these bad guys are all tech-based people. They're not. There is no rogue. Well, they're all based off Kryptonian technology that crashed on Zero Day or whatever, which I thought was very cool. That is also really cool. I do like it's that. It's all too. Kryptonian tech, which is make which makes sense on why they don't hurt him necessarily, but they're able to knock him around. I mean, by the end during Zero Day, they're kicking the shit out of him. But like oh, yeah. when uh, when Roundhouse or Roughhouse first punches him and he flies, I'm like, we saw somebody punch Superman and their hand hurt. Like, yeah, this well, guy can just do it. But then it makes sense that it's Kryptonian technology and not just Joe Schmo technology. Right. It's not like Lex Luthor is around to make tech that combats Superman. Yeah, I, th- I I think, and this is just me going big brain because this is how I get. So Lois has the kryptonite. She gets it in the Mixelpidalic episode, which I think is episode six, during the League of Loises. Yes. The Legion of Loises or whatever. The League of Loises. Yeah, she gets a piece of kryptonite. And then you find out by the end, oh, that's what hurts Superman. That's what, you know, does this and that. I think Lex is going to find a piece of kryptonite by the end of season two. Cause oh, yeah, I'm Because if, if Brainiac and Zod are the um, villains, they're going to show up. And to stop Kryptonians, you need kryptonite. So I think that Lex will get scorned one more time by Superman in some regard, making him more vengeful, and then he'll find a piece of kryptonite in the end, like credit scene or whatever, and then season three will be Lex Luthor, and then they could probably end it. Oh, yeah. You don't want to over – I would love 12 seasons of this, but you don't want (laughs) to oversaturate the market. Dude, this is – it's just so good. I would love 12 seasons of this because, like, think about it. They just got promoted at the end of season one to reporters. Yes. So you could easily go like like they're twenty two and Lois is twenty three. You could easily do like up to their thirties, and then the finale ends with them getting married or whatever. Yeah, you could do that. I think the I think the plan is to keep it small and tight. Oh yeah, I would... don't go too crazy. I'm not you know I just have high hopes for it because it's such a good show. So, it's such a good show. I do think for me personally, I would love to see four seasons. Because in the last five. season, he could be like, like after he defeats Lex for the first time, it could be like, okay, now Mongol and and his real super like Doomsday shows up. Like this could be these like four could be Superman, Superman rather than like beginning Superman. Right. Like, and you don't even have to show all of them. Like the final thing no. could be like, oh, well, we're tease like other villains out there, like Darkseid and Mongol, and like you know, you know, we'll see. I don't think they're going to get to Darkseid. No, they won't. They won't. I would love to leave Even though I know Darkseid is technically like a Superman villain, yeah. I think the farthest they'll go when it comes to big warlords is Mongol. I think Mongol, oh, the War World saga, I think that'll be the farthest. Because think about it. After Superman is the hero of Metropolis, 
let's say he gets taken away to war world for two episodes and that'll be the next two-parter they do give or take whatever season two or three four whatever when they do the war world stuff let's say he gets taken away for like two or three weeks and he comes back to metropolis and sure his care all of his side characters are alive but metropolis is in chaos and he has to fix it again but he's still clumsy clark that could yeah. be cool, where it's like, what would be, everyone's relying on Superman so heavily, the police are not as, you know, on top of things, because Superman will do it. And then all of a sudden, Superman's gone for two weeks. What do they do? Well, that could be something all. that, and, and Mongol's one of the guys that could take him away. He's got his own thing, War World is big. It'll give Superman more of an edge, he can come back a little bit grizzled, and then Lois could be more afraid, the League of Lois's could come back. I'm just spitballing here, Hollywood, You're when you hard. pay your writers, I'm right here. I'm waiting for you. Pay your writers. I'll be right there. <laughs> I do like. I do like this a lot. I uh, I know Supergirl's supposed to be next season. Next season. That's a mistake. No, it's not. Um, you can't introduce like... Super unless you're doing a time skip. You can't introduce Supergirl so early because Clark's just twenty two. Supergirl will be at most fifteen, sixteen. If she's any older, that's stupid. She won't be that. Much Clark older. is Clark is just learning how to be Superman. You can't have. Clark teach Supergirl how to they be a did, superhero. He himself just became Superman. They did, they did, they did this on Smallville, by the way. We also we also got this. Well, that's because it ran for eleven seasons. We also just got yeah. this in the Legion of Superheroes show. I mean, movie like Clark. We got one Superman movie in the Tomorrowverse, and then all of a sudden, the next technical Superman movie is Legion of Superheroes, and it's Supergirl, and she's just there. It just. The Tomorrowverse started off strong, and now it's a little lost in its own sauce because they're we'll like, oh, we can't retell the stories we already did with the other DC animated movie universe. I know, I know. Tomorrowverse, Tomorrowverse. We'll be getting to it when War World comes out for me to watch. And it's then, on, um, I think I think it's on. It's oh, not it's on Max. It's, it's not it's on Max. It should be by the end of the month. It's coming soon to Max. Yeah, but the crisis is going to be three parts, and I think that'll hopefully fix everything because that should, with the con with the House of Mystery Constantine thing, should tie everything both back to both universes. Yeah. But you know, going just based off this, I think Supergirl's a bad idea. What are your thoughts? You seem to have some. There, the reason why they're doing it is very much like they kind of. It's the, I think what they're going to do with Supergirl in the show is very much what they did in Supergirl in Smallville. Where she's not supposed to be like this cute little teenager. She shows up with all her abilities intact. She knows how to use them and everything. And she may work even work for Zod at this point. It would be cool if they tried to because anime likes to do that where they kind of turn like some bad guys into good guys and then turn them in I mean good guys into bad guys and then vice versa. I think it would be cool if Supergirl shows up as this weapon and then Clark is like um oh i have to you know like like something's going on she seems like she could be turned and then she's like oh man kal-el and he's like why do people keep telling me that's yeah. my name and then she can give more backstory if she's used as a backstory element that could be kind of cool she's like that's oh why I think she, that's why i, I think can help is. you find the fortress of solitude or she could be from the legion stealing the idea from the tomorrow verse where she's actually from the future and she travels back in time because zod is gonna fuck superman up if he's not like prepared Right. So she's Every, like, this guy needs the Fortress of Solitude, or he's screwed. It's instead of doing a full Legion episode where you have to do three different characters, well, they talk about up, the flight ring in the Mixelpinic episode. One. You can also see a Green Lantern um, battery in there as well. So they are teasing a wider world with the um, with the Legion of Lois or the League of Loises and the, yeah. the Mixelpinic stuff. 
Well, yeah, you still Doctor Fate. You still Helmet. I also Fate, love the Mixie. I, I love. Oh, that that was a big one too. I like the design of Mixie, and I like that he still had the little hat. Yeah, but then he, he puts like, it on; it turns into a crown. I was like, "This works. This works." I need cool. that to be Mixlepidilic's new design, or or nothing. I hate how he's like a little old man. It's so gross and weird. <laughs> Turn into it's a weird cool. blue fifth dimensional imp. It's cool though. I really do like that. Leah Lois' episode is really cool. I also like because um, that's uh, their Lois Prime Lois is from the Fletcher cartoons. Yeah, the uh, Lois one. Yeah, she's from the Fletcher stuff. You see a Superman Fletcher uh, Easter egg. You also see Crab Superman. Yeah, animated Superman. There's one more in the middle that I'm forgetting. Probably the um, the '60s Superman show. No. Um. So all the Earth, also all the uniforms that Superman wears. One is New Fifty Two. One's the TV show. One's Earth Twelve. Quote unquote. No, sorry, not Earth Twelve. Um. One's the animated series. Fletcher and the original uh, Superman the Anime series, New 52 Crab and his regular outfit that he wears now. Um, the like New 52 five one was the one that was in between the other? Yeah, because it was um, his normal suit, then he transformed it to Superman the Anime series, then Fletcher, oh uh, sorry, Superman the Anime series, New 52, Fletcher, then the Crab. No, it was the other way around. It was <laughs> Fletcher first, then something in the middle, then animated, then Crab. Either way, it's cool. It was full of Easter eggs. Ah, but you can't eat um, peppermint. I, Sorry, my cat just walked up to me with a peppermint in his mouth. You can't eat that. <laughs> He's in a wrapper, but still. I'll eat it. Now. Thanks, buddy. Okay, I'll talk about it. He um, me a treat. There you go. Um, but also in that same episode, they show, uh, when they're showing all the evil, like, uh, cloths, you see uh, Red Sun Superman, you see Ultraman. You see uh, Godfall you know. Superman was the other one, I think? Uh, no, Justice Lord. Just a little Superman from yeah, Earth. yeah, 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 from the Just League the Anime series. Um, yeah, I, yeah, that was so cool. so good. Um, that was, I do like that a lot. Um, I like Task Force X in this. Yeah, I'm glad it wasn't just like Suicide Squad yet. Yeah, I like how it was just like Deathstroke, Amanda Waller, and then Superman bad guys. Yeah, I Plus think a gender bent heat wave. No, that is actually there is a heat wave that's female. Also named Rory, though. No, they took the they took the female design. I don't, I don't care about the the uh, yeah. I don't care about the gendering nonsense, whatever. It's just funny that they used Rory when they could have used the female. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Like the all of it's cool. I like. Uh, I, like I mean, technically, it would be Mick, right? Yeah, but his name is Mick Rory. Yeah, yeah. Either way, whatever. It's cool. I like the series a lot. Uh, Task Force X as bad guys makes sense. Um, sure. Uh, I like the fact they use that Cadmus, but then they put Cadmus in anyway as something else. They reference Checkmate, which I, I think is really cool. Yeah, the twist with Cadmus is cool. Um, it's cool to see Mission Romala and the Brain as like characters, but they're not bad guys. Yeah, well, I mean, they're not they're not good guys. They're definitely making bad stuff, but for the best reasons, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Like they made black holes and killer mutants and giant robots, but you know. Yeah. Exactly. Dude, but Where's those those uh, robots that that were there were Omax. Yeah, Omax. Yeah, it's the second time we're getting Omax this year. Cool. I was like, oh my god, I'm in love with Omax. <laughs> a lot of Omax love this year. Um, I do wish. And then you saw Vicky Vale in um the final episode or second yeah, last. Yeah, yeah, the Gotham Gazette Vicky Vale. Um, I think we kind of see. I think there's a Batman Easter egg in that episode, but I'm not 100 percent positive because I think one of the things that um, Lois has on 
um, Vicky Vale with her Gotham Gazette is like some Batman reference. But I'm I not think positive. So. I feel like if it would have been more egregious if they were referencing Batman. Yeah, well, Gotham Gazette is the Batman reference. The well, Batman yeah, I, I don't know, Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale is the, the like. The I want to see if. Like, will Batman be the same age, or will Batman be older, younger, not even in this? It's right I don't know if there's to... even... Batman always needs to be older. Batman always needs to be older than Superman, but not by that much. He needs to have already been active at least two years before Bat- before Superman's arrival. Or at least until Superman becomes public, obviously. Yeah. Because Clark could move to Metropolis and be undercover, well, undercover, for like a year or so before, you know... Everything comes out like the Tomorrowverse. Yeah. I think did it pretty well, where the but Bat- dude, the, the Superman so movie was first, but references Batman, it's, it's and then so the Batman movie, like F-Hards. he's already Batman for at least like a the, year or two. Uh, when they're on the farm, really in the final episode, it's it's fun, it's dumb. Oh, dude, the fact that his transformation sequence is a suit is from Sailor Moon. <laughs> oh, it's from oh, Pretty oh, Cure, technically. Yeah, but yeah, whatever. You know. Um, I do like that uh, Ma Kent gives him shorts with the with the outfit. She goes, I think you need oh, something. Oh, yeah, because it's, it's cause shorts. She, and like, oh, yeah, because <laughs> she sees it and she's like, oh, man, it's just all hugging your package a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely because she looks I at it and she's like, oh, like, my goodness. What... She's like, we need to cover you up, son. <laughs> I do like the Kent in this. Oh, yeah, I like how Pa Kent is like, I'm making the turkey. No one interrupt me. <laughs> My favorite scene is still in that episode when uh, Jimmy finally comes over and they all keep grabbing him to like. Oh, yeah, because they're like, "Look, Jimmy, like her Lois's dad is here and he sucks." And Clark's like, "Oh my God, Lois's dad is the general. <laughs> like, what do we do?" And then Jim, Jimmy, and then Clark's dad grabs him and he's like, "No, I'm going to tell you the truth, Jim. This this turkey's not cooking right. <laughs> like, it's just so like everybody just because." I think we spoke about it off, Mike, but that's Clark's one friend that isn't Lois or that isn't Vicky Vale that has been around for at least a few years. So everybody's like, oh, man, it's Clark's big city friend. Let's talk to him. Well, so they love Jimmy. That's what it is. Because like, Jimmy is part of the family. And it's funny to see like like, like Clark telling him, like, oh, hey, it's the, the general. That makes sense. And then like, Lois is like, yeah. And then Mark is like, I don't like him. And then Mark is like, he's so mean. Officer, <laughs> Not coming to town. <laughs> He's like, everyone needs to tell me secrets. Oh, yeah, I find it hilarious that um, and all Jimmy, sold, uh, Jimmy sold Flamebird to, 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 oh my god, to the Daily Planet for $5 million. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm super rich. rich now. <laughs> but this this will go into the, um, to the Jimmy Olsen Master of Disguise aspect where he's just going to be kind of working still at the Daily Planet, but running around being a schmuck. Yes, like them not having Absolutely. to worry about rent is a great is a great thing because that means technically, um, Jimmy could put Clark through rent just so Clark could be Superman a lot. I think that'll be the beginning. Like the first few episodes will be like Clark focusing solely on um, being Superman after everything that's happened. Maybe, probably, because giving Jimmy that much money for no reason just doesn't make any sense. Like there needs to be yeah, plot I, relevance to the to the addition of five million dollars. Like it's so specifically five point six million dollars. Yeah. Like why that much money if you weren't going to have him fund Superman <laughs> in some capacity? 
Yeah, we're not talking like super core. We're talking like, hey, you know, rent's, we're fine with rent. You don't have to work as hard. Yeah, I'll buy rent and food. You can go be Superman for a minute. You know, if you're getting behind on your deadlines or you can't do the some investigating with us because you have to be Superman during that time. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It, it's it's cool. Um, also, it, it does lead into the, the idea that uh, they might bring in Batman because then he can meet Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Because he's also rich. <laughs> yeah, I th- yeah, I think they'll have some gala yeah. thing, especially after the more public appearances of Superman. I think that Bruce Wayne himself will come down to some extravagant party, and then they'll interview him, and they'll be like, "So Bruce," and then Clark can feel like jealous that Lois is getting Bruce's attention or something. But yeah. but Bruce could be using his Batman investigating to get close to Lois because he's no Lois is close to Superman. That could be that kind of nonsense. Yeah. Just like in World's Finest. Yeah, so I think that's kind of where we're going with that. Yeah, like, I do... If they're going to introduce Bruce Wayne, which I don't think they should until season three, but we'll see. Right, I mean... Depending on if they get canceled um, at season two, they want to do all their stories, you know? True. I do like a lot of, like, how Task Force X is used in the show... I like I like even the supporting cast from the Daily Planet. Yeah, it's I like funny. yeah yeah Cat Grant, Steve Lombard, Ronnie Troop. Like it's cool that they're just like we're the head reporter. They're only in like a few episodes, but they're fun. Um, the entire supporting cast is cool. Like we get a uh, Flip Johnson, Woman of Business. Which She's pretty fun. <laughs> they are the Newsboy Legion. Yeah, News Kids newspaper. Yeah, which is the news the, the uh, Legion uh, Newsboy Legion from the original Action Comics. Um, it, it it's, it's she's so funny. It's like yeah, my newspaper. This. Yeah, man. She keeps trying to like get everybody to like like help us do this. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? No, man. I like everybody in the show. Like, no one yeah. is underused or overused. I mean, except for Lex. But I think it's because they're building him for something. Well, yeah. That's... Like, it's cool that we get to see uh, Dr. Ivo is Amazo, technically, because it's Amazotech, and yes, he's also is. Parasite. Yes. Who's and I think... Like Ava? Yeah, which is cool. I think Metallo might show up in the next season, that, or that could be, like, a season three villain with Lex Luthor. Like, I got the kryptonite, I'm gonna put it in this robot man. I don't know. I just it... like seeing the classic Superman villains in the modern takes. It's really good, and again... Like Silver Banshee, the Mist. use of Lex... Yes, yeah, so Vanchi. Livewire. Uh, oh my god. Livewire is always cool. I like her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with Lex, I think the fact that like they don't straight up call him Lex in this. Alex. Is more <laughs> of like, you know, it's like the build up. You know, again, I like seeing all everyone else besides Lex being used. And they, everyone's used very well. Mm-hmm. You know, no one is kind of like a pache of themselves everyone's mm. like just a modernized version mm. and you don't need all of them to have these elaborate mega backstories to be a good villain i think that's what kind of gets hung up on all the other media for mm. some uh, like uh, for any superhero like oh well we have to give this whole big backstory about why this bad guy's back like no they were already like shitty thieves they call themselves into gang like they're not in, they're not yeah. as big, you know these three schlubs are not like a big thing. They just call themselves something cool because they want to be, and then they stole some tech that actually was good. <laughs> well, they didn't you steal know. it. It was given to them by um, yeah, 
by Livewire because she stole it from Task Force X. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and Max Middleman voices Alex in the two episodes he appears he in. Max Middleton's a good cast because he he's got that voice actor like range. He's done a bunch of anime and stuff before. A lot of these guys, except for Jack Quaid, are from yeah. like anime based backgrounds. It's and then you cool. have Deborah Wilson in there as Amanda Waller, and she's um she's Seer in uh Oh my god, Jedi Fallen Order. So that's cool. Okay. But yeah, dude, I love this show a lot. I uh I, you know what it is? Anytime they try to do something like weird with Superman, like one, when it comes to animation, he's only had Superman the animated series and then movies. Mm-hmm. Um, besides, I don't count Justice League yet. I don't count Justice League because it's a continuation of it. Um, yeah. but like the movies are cool. Like I love, I like, I like Superman Doomsday. I like, I like the tomorrow, the the DC EAU stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I like the Marvelous movies with Superman. But, like, I wanted a Superman TV show, and when this came out, like, everyone was kind of ragging, oh, well, it's going to be, like, cutie and anime, and it's kind of, like, no, it's awesome. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, does it lean into its anime influences a lot? Yeah, it does. But does it detract from the show? Do you feel like it's separated from anything else? Like, no. Because mm-hmm. if you're a fan of Superman, yeah, it's, cool. it's a Superman TV show. You know, it just looks cleaner. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's also a bunch of like um, guest characters that pay homage to every not guest characters, guest um actors that pay a lot of homage to the old stuff. Like Lauren Tom, for example, she voices Leader Lois. She's um she's from uh oh my god, where did it go? She plays Angela Chen in the animated Superman show from the nineties. Okay. Yeah, she also shows up in uh, Batman Beyond as Dana Tan. So she's like a DC legacy casting. Which I think is yeah. cool. Like it's cool to look back at the, she voiced um gizmo in teen titans like it's cool that they're getting like people who are in the universe to come back and that's why uh, it was cool the mixlepedalic episode where they showed off all the stuff as well yeah like I think and it's done by studio is, mirror think... too by the way we didn't mention that they did avatar oh yes and they're yes they are it's, they, it's uh... easy to tell <laughs> yes it's so good. Like, um, I was watching one of the episodes. I was rewatching the Vicky Vale, the the Vicky Vale episode. I was sitting on the couch, and my wife it was a Thursday. I was rewatching it, and she was like in the kitchen. And she was like, "Oh, is Batman in the episode?" I'm like, "What? How do you know that?" She's Vicky Vale. I'm like, first of all, awesome that you know that." <laughs> um, yeah. And I'm like, "No." She goes, "Oh, that's be cool." And uh, I, I've been watching it with my daughter because she loves anything Superman now. Um, mm-hmm. it's, I couldn't be fucking more prouder. Um, yeah, man but yeah dude it's such a good show um the only thing i didn't like which is only a stupid nitpick is that they aired it at 12 o'clock on adult swim and i thought it would be either more swearing or more blood and it's neither there's not a lot of blood there's enough but then they don't say i think they say shit at some point i don't know superman doesn't say any of it but i think someone says shit yeah I think it's just I, it needed a time slot, and they're like, it's Superman, sure, but it's it's TV PG, but it's um, but it's animated, so they're like, yeah. But the, the biggest attraction to this, honestly, was next day on Max, because essentially this was a Max original that yeah, Amazon picked. That on, I'm sorry, Adult Swim picked up technically. I uh, no, you're right because I would watch it at nine thirty on Friday mornings, and I'm like, I must because. Like I said, the nitpick is that it was airing at twelve o'clock on um, Adult Swim, 
And then I'm like, I'm not staying up till midnight so I can watch a show for a half hour. Yeah, just or watch really it 20 the next minutes morning. Show. Yeah, watch the next morning at 9.30 at, like, with my cup of coffee. You know, mm-hmm. so that's really nippet. But again, you're right. I, also, I think why they put it on Adult Swim is because it's anime and they, they threw it in their anime block. Yeah, for sure. But it sucks that it got thrown at the end of the anime block and not at the beginning. It would be interesting if they put it at the beginning so then it could kick off the anime block being like an American anime. Yeah. And then jumping from Superman to One Piece or whatever they're going to do. I mean, yeah, duh. It's cool, though. Yeah, no, this is probably the best Superman show we've ever gotten. Yeah. Animated, at least. I haven't seen all all of Smallville, so I can't really compare it to Smallville. But I can compare it to... The other animated Superman shows, because I've seen those. <laughs> that's, that's very true. Mm-hmm. So we will... Oh, so out of a scale of 1 to 5, we give it. Uh, uh, 5, 10 out of 10, you know, 100% Rotten <laughs> Tomatoes. Like, it, it's the bomb.com. Dude, I'm giving the same. This, I mean, I know you out of 5. It's a 5 out of 5. There's nothing wrong with this show. I like I said. My, uh, well, I mean, my no. one nitpick was Jor-El, but you know, I think I think we'll get more clemency on that in season two because if he does find this Fortress of Solitude, for example, they'll have backups. They'll have Kellex. They'll have yeah more. And even if they choose not to go that route and they choose to have Zod kidnap him and then show him all the stuff, like sure, whatever, Brainiac doesn't matter. They'll figure out a way to do it. They're obviously changing a lot of the the setup to Clark's origin story. I like that yeah. he gets like those triggers with his Kryptonian blue eyes or he like goes really cool. anime. Very yeah. cool. When I say there's nothing wrong with it, I mean as a Superman fan, I find nothing wrong with it. All there is it is it when I say that there's nothing wrong, do I mean it's perfect in the sense like there are any flaws? No. But there's enough where like it's everything the flaws they have, like my big significant is like the time slot and the fact that like yeah, you should have had the Kryptonian languages subtitled and not only a set as a closed captioning add-on when you had the episode. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. But that's really it. I love the casting. I don't care about the race swapping. Some people do, but whatever. Yeah, whatever. This is the best um, Lois Lane I think we've gotten. I love this Lois Lane. Uh, pro- uh, She's my kind I, of Lois Lane. Yeah. Yeah, she is... You know what's crazy about this? Like, a lot of this, sh- this show, like I said this earlier, the show reminds me a lot of Superman the Anime Series, but it's not Superman well, the yeah. Anime Series. You know, no. it's not Smallville, the latest ends of Smallville. Mm-hmm. It's its own thing, and it's worked really well. So, mm-hmm. yes, if you are a Superman fan, a fan of anime, go watch the show. It's on HBO Max. Go binge it all now. Agreed. <laughs> so let's jump into our book review, our book reviews, and we'll wrap up the show. So we have from Dark Horse Comics. Um, I'm not doing the whole title. I'm just calling it the alternates. I hate the whole title of the book. The I've title of the book. The, title, the whole book is called "From the World of Minor Threats: The Alternates." Um, it's written <laughs> okay. by Pat and Oz. Thanks, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> it's a continuation of Minor Threats. Um, it's written by Patton Oswalt and art by Christopher, uh, Christopher Mitten. Um, it's pretty much their Teen Titans book. It's the psychics oh, that existed in, in, um, the world of Minor Threats. So it's like, cool. you see, it's, an, it's more of an anthology series, kind of showing up, like, what happened to each of those characters as time went on, blah, blah, blah. It's cool. I just hate the title. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, we have from DC Comics, we have Batman and Robin, written by Joshua Williamson, uh, and art by uh, Simone De, uh, DeMeo. Um, this set is taking place during Gotham, uh, Gotham War. Um, Damien and Bruce are living in a brownstone. Uh, Damien gets the Robin Mobile. Um, and it's a cool, like, follow the sun team up while, while Batman's going crazy. So it's cool. Uh, I definitely want to see where this goes. I don't, it's, it's categorized right now as an ongoing, but let's see what that really means. You know what I mean? I don't know what it's going to mean after God of the War. Um, but it's a really cool book. If you're yeah. looking for, like, like um, back end um, New 52, or sorry, early New 52 with Batman and Robin, this is kind of the book to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cool. Next up, we have Avengers Inc. Um, written by Al Ewing and art by Leonard Kirk. Um, this is a murder mystery. It's really cool. So there's this guy who's killed six inmates at the raft. Um, but Wasp is there, sent there to investigate. She creates this place called um, the Jarvis Lounge, which is part of was part of the original um, like. Um, headquarters for the Avengers that were Tony Stark's headquarters from New Avengers, the one that's like that's on the um the skyscraper. Um the lounge, the Jarvis Lounge is for all like heroes to kind of congregate. It's kind of like the bar with the bar with no name, but for heroes mm-hmm. instead. That happening um because all the villains that were killed were Ant Man villains, they send Jan uh Luke Cage sends Janet to go investigate. And because there's still the, like, fiscal law from um, Devil's Reign, in effect, there can't be costume mm-hmm. heroes in New York still. So Janet goes in the street clothes, and she finds out that they're not, they're alive, and one of them takes over the body of Whirlwind, which is the first supervillain that Ant-Man and Wasp fight against, and he becomes oh, yeah, Victor Sa- uh, Victor Siege. It looks great. Oh, by the way, there's a secret back epilogue that no one knew about, and two characters that are maybe the real villains of the of the book. One being Black Ant. <laughs> Ooh, we love Black Ant. Good for him. And who he works for is funny. Ooh, you have to text me. I'll I'll, I'll text. Yeah, I'll, you know what? I'll text you. In yeah, a send second. me the picture. I don't have the picture. I don't have the picture. <laughs> I don't have the book in oh, front of me. Dude. Oh, I know. Sometimes you take them home. I'll, I'll send it to you tomorrow when I'm at. I'll tell you what I'm at the shop tomorrow. Now good. Um, we have Daredevil by Saladin Ahmed and art by Aaron Curder. Um, this takes place right after the last series, actually. It completely starts off with Matt being a priest, Electra being Daredevil, and what brings Matt back into being Daredevil, alongside Electra being Daredevil. Um, yeah, it's it cool. Like it you you <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um, if you didn't read um, Daredevil, don't worry. They kind of do the the first page intro of like every. Oh, actually, Electra explains it in the book. Um, what happened to uh, Matt, which is really cool, and why he's priest and everything, so you can get caught up real quick. But yeah, it's pretty much like kind of plot armor. Um, that he ends up coming back, but it's cool. There's a new villain. Um, that looks like Matt mixed with the Beast. Um, it's really cool, but also like weird, like why he's doing it, and he also well, he's also now like Father Matthew going forward. 
Like he's his day job is the day job is that he's a priest. He's not a lawyer. Uh, oh, and he also he wears the Netflix black suit in this. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, he wears he does it the, every once in a while. I know he wore wore it for one of the Wade runs or whatever came before um, uh, Zadarsky, and then he had a quick Zadarsky run in with the black suit. Yeah, so it's it's very much a starting on point for Daredevil. If you haven't been reading Daredevil, don't worry. If you haven't read Zdarsky run, just continue reading it. It's fine. It's the same. Yeah, Saladin's a really good writer, so he'll he'll oh, yeah. knock it out of the park, whatever he's doing. So yeah, it's trust good. the story. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely trust the story. And finally, we have Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer from Behemoth slash Massive, uh, written I've been by. Seeing this Twitter. talked about all over Twitter. Or X. Yeah, written by. Written, yeah, written by David Cronson and art by Cortland Ellis. It's what you think this title means. Um, <laughs> it yeah. is. It's it's an alternate history in which, uh, besides establishing the Underground Railroad, Harriet Tubman frees slaves and fights demons. Uh, it's Buffy meets the Underground Railroad and slavery. Wild, over the top. It's very much like when they did. Um, oh my God, uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Oh yeah, the movie's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it was a book before that. Uh, it's it's very much stupid and over the top. It's it's really oh you got yeah yeah you see the message. Yeah, very, very cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's that one. It's oh yeah. By the way, I recommend uh, if you like uh, detective stuff, you'll like um, it's a new war style book. Avengers like Inc. is a new war style book. Uh, there's no costumes in it. No one wears costumes. Everyone's like wears suits and stuff. Um, if you like that, definitely check that out. If you like uh, Run, like I said, continue Daredevil. If you like alternate history, if you like fan, like uh, if you like horror, if you like vampire stuff, uh, with a little bit of realism, check out um, uh, Harry Tubman, Demon Slayer, not Demon, not Vampire Lore, um, Occult. Uh, stuff. Check out um, Her- uh, Harry Tubman, Demon Slayer. They're great books. It's funny that that when you're reading it, like it's a semi autobiographical because they take real moments from her life and they just introduce demons and the occult into it. Um, yeah, that, I, I, don't know. Genre, I, I'm not a, I like that as a movie concept, but as a comic book concept, I don't know. It works. You know why? I think why I think stuff like that works as like novels and movies and comics is because I mean not so much movies because movies they contend like a, w- would be a novel into like two hours and it's kind of hard to do you cut out moments and stuff like that but why I think it works better as a comic book or like a novel is because you can use there's no budget really mm. you know you can do you can go as long as or short as you need to it's fun it's they're one and done there's no sequels um, mm. unless she meets Abraham Lincoln and I want that Okay. So, other than that, <laughs> there was a great book. So, we just need to pick up all these this week. It's actually a really good week. Also, Saturday is Batman Day. So, check your local comic shop if they're doing something. Because we're, we're not doing something, but we have a bunch of stuff for that day. There's going to be a graphic novel that's released that day, uh, which is the Batman 89 hardcover with the original Batman in the movie um, uh, logo on it as a trade dress. You have the release of Batman. You have the release of Batman uh, Gargoyle Gotham. Uh, technically on Saturday, you have yeah, a re-release. A so check that one out. Yes, there's a bunch of like we have a bunch of masks, like 
from the anime series as giveaways. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a uh, if you missed the if you missed Batman, uh, Catwoman, Gotham War number one. There's a new one coming out, like a re-release with a new cover coming out uh, that day. There, it, there's a bunch of stuff going on. Um, so yeah, check your local comic shop, you know, and see what they're doing. I'm probably gonna post up everything for us this week on Wednesday. Um, but yeah, definitely check out it's Batman Day celebrating. I think we're at sixty no. 90 years. We're at 90 years. Because it's 30 years older than Marvel. Thanks for listening. You can head over to our website, andrewscomics.com, check out this week's previews and new releases. Follow us on Instagram at Andrew underscore comics, the podcast Instagram, Andrew is Amazing Podcast, and on X at Andrew is Amazing for update news. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, as always support your local comic shop. Also check out our Substack. Um... Support your local comic shop and have a nice day. Guys, at the end of the month, we'll have a little starting of our bonus episodes for Crisis, uh, my Crisis miniseries coming up. Uh, so, yeah, check that out at the end of the month. And, guys, we'll see you next week with, I think we're doing, oh, I'm Group. So, watch I'm Group before we talk about it next week. Yeah, it's like 30 minutes of content, so you have no excuse not to watch it. All right, peace. Yes. Peace.